Hey everybody, and welcome back to Marketing Optimized. It has been a couple months since our last episode, but I'm back this week with some brand new content and best of all, a guest co-host. We're gonna be discussing a simple yet effective tool that's going to help you prioritize your tasks in a workday. Now, full disclosure, if you're used to the 10 minute format, this is an extended episode, so buckle up. All right, without further ado, let's dig in. Today, I have a very special guest, one that is near and dear to me, Nicole Watson. She is my former colleague. We worked together in marketing in the luxury hospitality industry. So a very warm welcome. She's my first ever podcast co-host. So everybody welcome Nicole Watson. Nicole, can you tell us just a little bit about your background and you know what you're here to talk about today? Of course. Thank you so much for having me on, Janine, first of all. This is awesome. Huge fan of your podcast. So, um, you know, as you said, we obviously, you know, work together and I love how you said that luxury hospitality. I was like trying to kind of put that in to the beginning of my notes. And I was like, I'm just not even going to say like where we work together. I'll just leave it mysterious. I will. We. I have not divulged our former workplace. If someone wanted to go into our LinkedIn, uh, they could probably figure that out. But we'll leave it at a luxury hospitality restaurant group. How about that? I love it. I love it. So uh, at the moment, what I'm kind of doing is marketing consulting, while I'm looking in this new landscape that we're all living in. Yes. New year, though, right, Nicole? It's it's 2021. 2020 was yes. such a rough year, and there's there's a lot going on in marketing, especially in the digital world. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about you know your background, how you got to you know where you are consulting here in the new year. And um, I mean, I know a lot about you, but I just want my listeners to understand just how amazing you are from a professional standpoint. And they're gonna get to know that you're amazing from a personal standpoint too, because you're such a fun person to be around. Oh my gosh, you're making me blush. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, So, you know, where I think I kind of hesitate to say jack of all trades because then, you know, the second part of that phrase is is master of none. (laughs) (laughs) On the one hand, you know, I do feel like I've worn so many hats in my time in in marketing. Um, You know, we all do at some point, but I feel like my hats are aggressive and there's a multitude of them. I focused on, you know, production, um, whether it's menus, luxury menus, or whether it's um, casual dining menus. Then I've also been in the retail sector most recently, which was, it seems like it would be very different selling retail versus food and hospitality, but it's not, it's not that different at all. Actually very similar. You have the same end goals, right? Like whether it's yes. a steak or a, um, I don't want to divulge who your former employer was <laughs> either, but whether it's a steak or something, you know, uh, that's going in your home per se, same end goal with marketing is to get that, you know, if appealing in front of the eyes of the consumer and work towards those all important deadlines, which sort of brings us to our topic today, prioritizing our deadlines. And I don't know about you, but I know when we work together, we juggled so many things. I mean, we were responsible for um, multiple brands with multiple projects. Um, we were part of something called the, the Study, Innovate, and Guest uh, team. 
So we were constantly evolving and innovating and there was just a lot going on. So I, I'd love to, you know, kind of dive deeper into, you know, your method of staying organized and prioritizing everything that's happening in your marketing world and uh, hopefully learn, learn some new things. Sure. I'd love to talk about this, especially because you and I were both introduced to this method by the same brilliant person, our VP of marketing in the luxury hospitality field. She was amazing. And she taught us this trick that I know I remember seeing in your notebooks. Absolutely. I had the colored tabs like every day I'd reference that flipping through. Yes, absolutely. And I still used it. I took it with me while well, I was using it after, you know, we had gone down different paths, but then also, you know, in the retail sector, I was also able to use it and, you know, to just go ahead and um, rip the gingham blanket off of the basket. I don't, do you watch <laughs> Great British Bake Off? <laughs> you know, I, I can't say that, that I do, but I did watch Bridgerton recently. So maybe it's sort of similar because oh my gosh. that you know, <laughs> in no way is it similar. They could not be more different, but I do highly recommend Great British Bake Off. But so to just go ahead and, and introduce the topic, uh, it's either called the Eisenhower Matrix, the Eisenhower Box, or the Urgent Important Matrix. I've also seen it called the Eisenhower Decision Matrix. Wow. No matter you what you call to, it. I have to say, uh, whenever our VP brought this to us, I don't recall her saying the Eisenhower method. I, I, I don't even know what nope. she called it, but um, one of these resonates I, a little more than, than the others. <laughs> exactly. And I didn't know that it was called Eisenhower either until I was like, what is it called? Like, I need to talk about it. I need to be able to call it, call it what it's called. So I Googled like urgent, important box. And then it popped up and it was like, that's called an Eisenhower matrix. So fun fact today, I learned. You know. Yeah. <laughs> And it is actually named after our 34th president, Dwight D. Eisenhower. He apparently was very productive. And we're, you can go and jump onto his Wikipedia page. It's actually a very interesting read. And I don't normally find the history of presidents very interesting. Um, so he's, he was very busy. He's very productive. So I mean, one would hope if he's our president that that is, you know, he has some sort of method to getting things done. So Tell us, how did he come up with this? And, and kind of, I know what it encompasses just because as you've alluded to, I use this every single day. So what is it all about? So I think it's summed up pretty nicely in a quote. And what he said was, what is important is seldom urgent. And what is urgent is seldom important. I, and that's speaks volumes. I mean, it's yes, been, I was just going to say, like, you have to understand exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> many a years. And I do feel like a lot of marketers who are listening, whether they're brand new into their careers, or if this is their 30th year in the, in the industry that speaks to them. I mean, you, I think we'll go through it today, but there's just something different about, uh, what's truly important to, to one person is certainly not important to another. Absolutely. So it speaks to two things. On one hand, the urgency trap that we're all guilty of falling prey to. And then also how the important, like bigger picture, personal and professional goals are never accomplished urgently. 
which is something that I didn't really take away necessarily the second part. I was so focused on it getting me to my goals, which was just my daily goals or my weekly or my, um, you know, projects ending. I hadn't really looked at it through the lens of having time for like my personal and professional development. You know, it does, it could apply to, you know, everyday life too, right? I mean, just in all the things that you might manage from professional and personal, this is a method that makes a lot of sense and is really easy to follow and execute and do it really well. I, I know when you and I work together across the multiple brands, um, oftentimes, like you said, we got so hung up in just trying to cross off the little tasks because we know we'd have a brand manager sitting on the other side of the table saying, okay, here's my list. I'm ready to go through where, what are your updates? And those, those items were super urgent and important in her eyes. But when you're juggling multiple projects, not all of them fall urgent and important on this side of the table. So I definitely, this makes a lot of sense. Exactly. So uh, I think it'll be helpful to have like a visual. So uh, for anybody listening, you can just do a quick Google search of like Eisenhower matrix or Eisenhower box or all the ones that we called it earlier. And you're going to see a square that's broken up into four quadrants. So first at the top, you've got, well, it doesn't matter what order it is. What you've, what you're dealing with is urgent and important, important, not urgent, urgent, not important. And not urgent, not important. And I'll go ahead and I'll break down exactly what those are with a quick example too. So urgent, important, obviously is the most important of these boxes because you are going to be doing them immediately. And an example of that would be a report that's due by the end of the day for your boss. And in this example, let's say that they gave it to you same day. And they need it. I EOD. love those projects. Those are probably my my favorite. Um, Nine one one code red. Absolutely. Ring the alarm. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So that has a definitive due date. It's due quickly. It's urgent. It's for your boss, who is your boss. So let's go ahead and get that done for them. Then the next quadrant is important, not urgent. And these are the tasks that you can schedule to do later. And we'll use an example of like email follow-ups that aren't urgent. You've got an inbox full of emails that you need to respond to. They're important that you reply. You don't have to do them urgently. Then urgent, not important. These are tasks that when at all possible, you can delegate or reschedule. And my favorite example of this is people who are not part of your team, who are not necessarily working towards the same goals that you are, coming in, asking for your help on a project, and it's urgent for them, not urgent for you. That's an important distinction to make. (laughs) It's urgent (laughs) for them, but not urgent for you. And, And a very important word to learn in the business world is no. Right. Yes. It's, it's, yes, I hear you. Yes, I see no. you. I hear you. We may be within the same organization, but I've got urgent, important tasks to take care mm-hmm. of. And this mm-hmm. does not, this does not fall in that category. Absolutely. And, you know, we'll kind of get into how office politics plays into some of these requests. Um, obviously, this seems very black and white, and there's definitely gray areas. So, you know, we'll address that a little bit because obviously there are some circumstances in which you do, maybe it is beneficial for you to say yes, but if at all possible, 
a polite but firm no would be ideal in this situation because this is urgent, not important. Then the final quadrant is not urgent, not important. Now, if you can just eliminate these tasks, that would be ideal. I know it seems like, but they're tasks. <laughs> they're on my list. I have to do them. But do you really? And that's part of what this tool helps you do. And one of the examples of this would be, um, you know, redundant reports that maybe it's just how it's always been done. And then you kind of can take a step back and look and realize this information is captured in another report. Why are we even doing this report? Or for instance, um, fielding constant one-off questions from coworkers. You know, are they urgent? Are they important? They're interrupting your flow. So probably not urgent and probably not important. I think that's a good, and I think one other thing that came to mind as you were just speaking about redundant reports, it could even be pieces of a report that, you know, you, I know we've gotten deep in the weeds in reporting before. And um, I think if you get to a point where you can evaluate and say, is anybody even taking value from it, right? Is this something that anybody's actually using? Then I think that's, um, that's something you might want to use this matrix to to attack those reports and just use it as an evaluation tool too. Absolutely. And so really what you're looking at with this tool is, is this something that actually brings value? Like you said, uh, does it actually need to be done? Because in some cases, you know, we are just doing busy work without realizing necessarily that we're doing it because we're just so in our, we're caught in our urgency trap, which keeps us in triage mode. So we're constantly stuck in the weeds. We're constantly, you know, treading water, however you want to say it in your office, um, keeps you constantly busy. And this kind of helps you take a step back and go, wait a minute, hold on a second. <laughs> Let's look at this through a different lens. What you're going to encounter sometimes is that tasks that weren't urgent or important may become urgent <laughs> and important because Maybe we didn't allow enough time for them. And that may not be necessarily due to procrastination. Maybe it's because you're spending so much of your time doing tasks that you didn't realize were not urgent and not important. So what I think you'll find is if we clear up even an hour of productivity a day, you know, for example, let's look at the um, fielding constant one-off questions from coworkers. If we were to say, we're gonna set some time aside, either weekly or daily, whatever works with the cadence of your team, we're gonna set some time aside and that is when I'm going to field all questions. So make a list, make sure you've got all your questions together and then we will attack them all at once as opposed to constant interruptions you know, you're deep into focus, you're in the flow, someone comes up with a question, now it's completely broken and you have to get back into the flow. And then guess what? Someone else comes up and asks you another question. I know, you know how that goes too, is you see someone having a, that conversation at your desk and then someone else just comes on up and then it, you get out of control. So this, in this instance, just to kind of bring it full circle, those one-off questions, they are not urgent, they're not important for you, but they are urgent and important for someone else. And so by being able to have that person or group of individuals, you know, bring their list, 
That therefore shifts from the not urgent, not important on your list up into the urgent and important in the moment when you're able to dedicate time and attention to responding. So I, you can see how they shift. It's not like they stay in their buckets forever, right? Like those, those quadrants, they shift around. Um, so that's something important to evaluate that just because you have them on your page with your sticky note that says not urgent, not important, it's not always going to stay there. And speaking of sticky notes that say urgent or not urgent, not important, I definitely used my whiteboard. I had a quadrant, but I didn't label the boxes just in case anyone came in and read them and saw their task and not urgent, not important. Here in Marketing um, Optimized, you're getting the real pro tips, guys. <laughs> if you're going to put this on a whiteboard, I highly recommend that might be the most important nugget that we talk yes. about during this entire episode, y'all, if you're putting it on your whiteboard, don't label them. Put them in an ambiguous way that you know what they mean. But when your coworker comes in and they see their not urgent, not important task in that box, there's going to be a call with HR. <laughs> yes, maybe we should have opened with that just as a <laughs> disclaimer. Do not use this on your whiteboard and I think label really, off the box. This is a reward for those individuals who have listened all the way through to, yes. to this part, because I know prioritizing tasks is not a sexy or you know typically interesting subject, though it is important. And it's something that you have to figure out your move and groove. This method didn't come to me until I was several years into my career. And so I was oh, just stumbling yes. through with a list of all of my tasks, not in any sort of order. I was just crossing them off and never shifting them around um, and really leaning on people asking me over and over for whatever they needed. And that was how I was able to determine what was priority. So this really helps you get into your own mindset and take control of your schedule and what you're working on. So yeah, I, I don't think we should have led with this. I think this is perfect here. This is a bonus tip for those people who are still with us and we still have some more great things to cover on the not important, not urgent. What did you, what is, what did we settle on? What is this quadrant called? The Eisenhower method matrix? Yes. Oh, Eisenhower. Ooh, now we've got a new name. Eisenhower okay. method, Eisenhower matrix, Eisenhower box, Eisenhower decision matrix, or urgent, important matrix. Whatever works for Maybe. you. <laughs> yes. It depends on if you like to name drop or not. <laughs> I personally, I don't mind a name drop. Um, so one of the things that, you know, aside from looking at just how do I deal with everything that's going on at the same time? I've got 10,000 things on my to-do list, you know, okay. So now we're, we're using the Eisenhower matrix. We are able to say, okay, this is going to make this my day a lot easier. I know what I should focus on, except when maybe you have competing urgent, important priorities, it's easy enough if there's only one or none, which that would be great. That if there happen. was only one. Right. So often you are met with competing urgent, important priorities. And maybe their deadlines are even the same time. You know, maybe they're all due at the same day. Maybe they're all due at the same hour. You know, hopefully that doesn't happen too often, but it has definitely happened to both of us. Yes. <laughs> so I think that it, in reality, we do have that happen. And so how do you deal with competing priorities such as that? And so what I, it, it's almost like you're, 
it's almost like inception with the Eisenhower matrix because I, it's like, I almost apply the Eisenhower matrix. Like I've done it to my to-do list. Now I'm kind of doing it to the priorities. The so it's a box task. within a box within a yes. box. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, cause there could be tasks for this urgent, important project that you can delegate. There may be tasks that, you know, maybe they, maybe this part isn't due today. Maybe it seems as if the entire thing is due today. So what you have to do is kind of audit them and ask questions. And when at all possible, because I understand that there are circumstances in which you cannot, but when all possible, ask the stakeholder or the person who has presented the project to you. And you're going to find details that's going to give you context in order to kind of pull this apart and decide which one is actually due first. That's a good point, Nicole. And just to kind of expand upon that further, where that's, if you just take it at face value and someone gives you a task, if you're not asking those questions of, you know, hopefully you're always asking when things are due, when your CEO or your boss or, you know, whoever is that stakeholder, understanding the urgency to them, although as we talked about earlier, it may not be urgent and important to you if knowing who's behind it and what the purpose of this project is, is going to expedite whatever request they have, right? So you absolutely have to take that into consideration when you're pulling these together. That's, that makes a lot of sense. Definitely. And I, I think I mentioned office politics. I did. I mentioned office politics earlier. This is when that really comes into play. And what really feeds into office politics is emotional intelligence. Um, I'm not going to get too into it right now. So if anyone has heard emotional intelligence and is like, I don't really know what that is. Um, I recommend doing a quick Google because it does play into office politics and it is something that can be learned and you're going to get an idea of kind of what it is from the context of these questions. Like for instance, Janine, you just said, you know, when is it actually due? <laughs> a lot of times we see ASAP. I need this ASAP. Well, my definition of ASAP is different than your definition of ASAP. So give me a hard deadline. First of all, that's almost the most important. One of the most important questions is when is this actually due? Um, the one that kind of trumps when is it due is who is it for? Who is asking? you to finish the, this ASAP. That's a big important question. Yes, that is, that's huge. Yes, because if it's for your CEO, well, you're probably not going to be able to reschedule, for instance. Um, you also may not be in a position where you're able to ask a lot of questions, you know, if it's something that has been passed down. But what that leads into is looking for the source of the request. So, Either it's a Slack message or someone gives you a phone call or they just shoot off a one-off email and they tell you this information that has been kind of, it's like a, a game of operator. What you want to get to is the truth, the source. So like, can I see the original request or what exactly did they say? Um, you want to see it because in this instance, I can't tell you how many times this has happened to me where someone has made a typo in the email or the request where it says it's due, you know, Thursday. And it's actually not due until like three Thursdays ahead. So right there, you have now removed this item 
from being urgent and important to just important but not urgent, and you can get to it later. Um, aside from typos, there could just be miscommun miscommunication, you know, cross wires. So really, you're almost looking at this with through like a, a journalistic sense is you want to see the source. And one, so, one other point, like just taking that a step further, I know for, for me, working with, you know, whoever I'm reporting to, whether that's a VP of marketing or, you know, if you, even it's to the CEO, being really clear when you have competing tasks in the urgent and important and just saying, hey, I hear you. I see the request. I'm actually working on this project. So that's going to take me away from being able to execute to, to field this new request. So really being clear about your time and setting expectations. That is probably one of my favorite things to, to talk about and be very, very clear with when working on projects is expectation. That's going to help you navigate and prioritize within your Eisenhower matrix. Absolutely. Transparency, communication, um, setting those expectations, all very important. And they can seem a little scary. You know, the thought about telling your boss, you know, hi, um, so you just actually had me work on this other thing and you told me it was urgent and now you handed me this thing and told me this is urgent, but you didn't really specify which one is more urgent. Um, it seems scary, like maybe you shouldn't be asking, maybe you should just intuitively know. Well, none of that is true. And in my experience, and I know Janine, in your experience, you know, good managers appreciate transparency and communication. Absolutely. It allows them to immediately make that decision. You know, they can go, oh, uh, do this one first. And now you've got your marching orders. For sure. And there are always things going on behind the scenes that you're not privy to. So when this new project comes in and you're already, you know, face down in another just as relevant and super urgent matter, your boss, the CEO, they know something that's going on and whatever tasks that you've been given, if it's directly, you know, helping with an issue that they need to solve tomorrow, they'll be able to give you that insight. Whereas if you're just taking the information at face value and not digging in a little bit deeper, you're going to assume and go in the wrong direction. And that's not good for your boss. It's not good for you. It's not good for your company. So it, when prioritizing it, you need to have really good communication skills with whoever you're working with. And even it extends down to your team. So if you, like you said, Nicole, if you can delegate, delegate right on those those matters so that you can free yourself up to focus on the urgent and important tasks exactly and you know if you think about it like your manager is doing the same thing your manager is delegating so that they have room even if they're not using the eisenhower matrix like they know what's important and urgent for them and what they don't have time for so that's why you are tasked with some of the things you're tasked with. So it only makes sense that in order to deliver what they're asking you to do, you may need to delegate some things. And, you know, I, I think that the work culture as it is, you know, right now, at least, you know, in America where we live, unfortunately, you know, being busy and maybe working very late or working extra hard and air quotes. Yeah, I was just is, about to say air quotes for sure. <laughs> is um, idolized. And unfortunately, a lot of the time you're working harder and not smarter. So it's hard, I think, for a lot of people to decide, oh, 
wait, I don't have to do all of this personally. Like it all doesn't have to be done exactly by me, like at this moment. Um, that was an eye opening, you know, learning for myself who, you know, my list was just getting bigger and bigger. And I was like, well, I have to do it because it's my job, but it's my job to get them completed. And if I won't complete them by trying to get all of them done, <laughs> then I haven't done my job. That's right. It's the name of the game is productivity, right? It's, it's the sooner you learn that in your career, if you're first in your first job or in your fifth job or your fifth year, being able to say no and, and shift things around to other people who have time and are people are willing to help usually give good teammates. That'll definitely help with your prioritizing and, and being productive and being successful within your career and your company. Absolutely. I wish I had learned all of this so long ago. Well, we went on this journey together. Yeah. So you and I, (laughs) I was in the meeting where we were presented this method. So it was, I think it was you, me, and one of our other colleagues. And we're like, wow, this is so simple yet so (laughs) life-changing. I know. And it's wild because how was this so relevant in the 1950s and also in 2021? Crazy. 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 That's how helpful it is, is that it doesn't really need to be, you know, shifted. And it's not perfect, of course, but it does help us, especially with like reframing and just kind of taking a step back. It's almost like slowing down in order to go faster. That's not, I feel like there's something there, but that's not quite it. But I know what you're saying. There. Yeah, yeah, you're you're trying to take a look at your you're trying to keep a grasp at the big picture while not you don't get lost in the details, right? You have to to keep everything, you know, in mind. I do have a question for you, Nicole, because I know something with with this Eisenhower method which as I've said, I'm currently using today and I have used ever since the day that it was brought to us. I often struggle with going back to the urgent important tasks. I feel like I get so stuck in the urgent important that I never go back and pull those other ones out of the quadrant. What is your system for making sure that you're always keeping all of the tasks in those quadrants in mind? So that's a great question that I myself am still working on a solution to. It's, it's tough because a lot of the tasks that you do find in important, not urgent, may be those personal development, professional development, or, you know, personal goal oriented items, or they may be something that you really want to work on if you would just have time. Um, You know, for instance, something, some sort of, you know, I don't know, some audit of some sort, like that you need to do on your own material or your own, you know, training pieces or what have you. And if you would just do it, it's going to save you so much time but you just can't get to it because it's marked as not urgent and it's important, but it's not urgent. I get it. It's hard. It's hard to break away. And so when I find myself avoiding those tasks, that's when I know, hmm, I definitely need to get these done. And one of the ways that I do that is by really focusing on that non-urgent, non-important quadrant. Um, Because what I find personally is that I allow things to sneak back in to the other quadrants that maybe they 
they aren't urgent and they aren't important. Um, it's just habits. It's, you know, human nature. You know, you want to be helpful to your coworkers. You want to be helpful, you know, to your teammates. Um, you let things kind of creep back in where they don't belong. So really kind of starting over, like as if it's the first time that you're looking at it. And, you know, it's almost like that inse- that Eisenhower inception uh, box again. You're like resetting and saying, hold on a second. Like maybe you even need to do that inside of a project. Maybe you need to do that inside of your important, not urgent project that you find that you're, you just can't get to and you don't have time for. Um, there could be things in there if you actually sit down and look at it as opposed to like trying to avoid eye contact with it. <laughs> if you really just sit down and look at it, you may find, oh, like this is almost totally done. Or I can delegate half of this or I can delegate sometimes all of it. It's just looking at it again and, and really just keeping on paying attention to what you're allowing in what boxes. Would you say that building an Eisenhower matrix every two weeks, is it every 30 days? Like how often should you really be evaluating this list and shifting things around? So for me, you know, and it's going to change for everybody, but for me, I would use it at my status meeting, my weekly status meeting as like, that was just our internal, like small team. Um, I would hear, these are all the new things that we've got going on. And with them, I would allow them to help me identify whether or not something was urgent and important, or if it was not urgent, not important, for instance. Uh, Of course, these tasks weren't for them. So (laughs) they were totally allowed in on (laughs) what quadrant meant what. What they did allow, though, was, you know, kind of like a second opinion. So we've got this one thing due and I think this is urgent and important because none of it's done. Well, then here comes um, senior graphic designer and you know, he's going to let me know, well, actually that's basically done because I went ahead and I got a head start on it. Oh, excellent. So there it is. Like we've almost finished that one. So now I know that that's not a looming, urgent, important task. It is, but it's basically done. So I was doing that on a weekly basis. Um, Of course, when you're really in the weeds, you may want to kind of start your morning off that way, especially in a setting where you're getting a lot of new tasks every day or hourly. That is just overwhelming, you know, to, and that does happen. I think we, you know, you said something about having a coworker who it's just ahead of it. I think a follow-up episode we should absolutely touch on is how to build out the right team because you will, along with prioritizing your tasks, a lot of that has to do with who, who's around you and who's helping and who's contributing on these projects. So I definitely want to pick your brain in a future episode about how do you hire, you know, how do you find golden nuggets of talent who are going to just know that they need to get a head start on something before it gets to the urgent, important quadrant. Like I, I, we it's need such to know. a blessing. <laughs> yeah. Um, if we could figure out exi- like, like some kind of secret scientific method, we would, we would be millionaires. <laughs> Leave it up to us. Okay. You guys listen for a future episode where we crack the case on how to hire just fan- fantastic, phenomenal, just diamonds in the rough. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later. Yes. But anyways, I love it. Back to this quadrant, um, what, what else? So we know we need to 
prioritize our tasks. We need to really think and evaluate sometimes a task within a task, you know, a task within a project, uh, whatever it looks like. And we know we need to do that on a frequent basis. Sometimes it can be on a daily basis. Sometimes it's on a weekly or, you know, longer. It just really depends on your workflow. So what other things do we need to take into consideration for this Eisenhower matrix? And how can someone get started uh, putting this together without getting just completely overwhelmed? So for me, you know, what I initially first did was once we were introduced to the actual quadrant and, you know, again, highly recommend a quick Google to actually get a visual for, especially for our visual listeners. I drew that box just on a new page. It wasn't like I was setting up a new, you know, totally new fancy journal. Um, I wasn't setting up any kind of new system. I just kind of wanted to test it out. So for me personally, that was what really worked to get started was draw out your box and then realize your box is too small. Draw a bigger box on a new shaper. <laughs> and, you know, maybe it's even just a list in Word. However you work, whether it's like bullet points and there's a header, um, you know, I like to start with urgent important because those seem like the most obvious tasks that you've got. Then work downward. And through this process, as you are building this out, you're going to get better at it. So once you've finished and you're done listing all the not urgent, not important tasks, you're going to look back up the top and go, huh, this one task that I put in urgent and important isn't actually urgent or important. But that's where my mind was at when I started making that list. And I think that's something that only comes when you really take a good look at every project that you're working with. I, I think something else that helps me use this Eisenhower matrix is that it's, it's outlining what the task is and then what are the tasks that actually come with it? Because, you know, doing digital marketing, sometimes you could put on their paid social. Oh, I need, I need to um, refresh our creative for paid social. But what does that actually mean? Because if I just put that as one task, that seems like, oh, let me cross that out this afternoon. And anybody who's worked in digital marketing, especially in the paid social side, you know that it takes a lot more than that, right? It's identifying your targeting. It's working with a graphic designer to get the right images or the right videos together. It's working with a copywriter or writing the copy yourself for that specific ad that's going live. There's a lot more to it than just that one line. So I really, I try to break it down. And, and if my list starts getting super long and it doesn't fit inside the box anymore, that's when you start shifting. You say, okay, let me rework this. These things are actually, you know, they're not urgent, but they are important. And then you're, you're and able to kind of set up your day. Exactly. And at that point, that's when you're, in Eisenhower inception because you Absolutely. are looking at that one task and your Eisenhower matrixing out that one thing. Um, exactly. You, you have these hidden nested tasks within these other larger tasks that you can easily accidentally look over if they're not broken out to your point. It does seem almost kind of silly, like, well, you just done this Eisenhower matrix and now you're like zooming in and doing it hyper-focused on this one task. But 
it's almost, again, I know audit. Okay. This is not a sexy topic and the word audit is somehow less sexy, but <laughs> I don't know how else, I don't know how else to, to like succinctly describe, you know, really just like taking a good hard look. And once you're doing that, once you have taken your like, you know, your one refresh social media creative, <laughs> once you have broken that out and seen all your hidden nest nested topics that you didn't quite you know, realize, wow, this is a lot. Once you are actually doing your, you know, super sexy audit of it, um, I bet you're going to find some things that maybe you don't need to be doing or that you could roll into something else or some other time-saving method that you haven't identified because you have just been trying to get it done. You've just been going, 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 going. So now you, you've taken a step back, you're doing your ultra sexy audit and you realize maybe two tasks out of that list can be completely removed or delegated. Now, I mean, that doesn't sound like a lot, but you multiply that over all of the tasks that you have in a day, in a week, in a month. Now you've eked out some time for your not urgent and important tasks that you just can't seem to quite get to. Mind blowing, Nicole, mind blowing right there. And I know that this as you said, it's not a sexy thing, but I do think we need to drill just one bit further in the, the dependencies when you're working within a team, because what we've talked about so far is great if you're a one-man band. And right now I'm a one-man band. I am it in marketing. So everything falls on my shoulders. So it's really up to me to prioritize and make the right call at all times and work with my external partners. If you're working within a team, especially if you have direct reports, it is vital that you're on the same page on the tasks that are urgent and important. Because in that same example, if you're working on a paid social refresh, you need a graphic designer to help you. And if you're, if this is falling in your urgent and important bucket, but that graphic that you need or multiple graphics that you need are not falling in that same bucket for your graphic designer, you're going to miss your deadline because you didn't communicate that this needed to be done at the same pace. So just keep that in mind. And one other thing that I think if you're trying to prioritize, and again, if you're the one man band, or if you are trying to get just a little bit better about understanding company goals, a safe bet is if, if things are going to contribute, tasks will contribute to the uh, profit of a company or revenues or help you meet those goals, those are pretty much the ones that will go at the top of the list. So uh, just keep that in mind. Anything that helps make the company money or do better or help us meet those initiatives. Yes. Follow to the, top. the money. Follow, follow the, money. the money. That's absolutely right. <laughs> and that's something, you know, you, you follow in life, right? That is a mantra that extends beyond just the professional realm. Definitely. Absolutely. Yes. And so exactly. So some emotional intelligence is, is kind of what plays into knowing, oh, this is going to benefit the company or this urgent task is urgent because, and you can just do, you know, a little bit of kind of like thought just for, you know, 10 seconds. Oh, the CEO mentioned this yesterday. This has to be connected to this. This is why it's urgent. And I think that a lot of times, especially when we're we're overworked and and you know maybe we're almost on at burnout, um, especially when you're a one man band, which I've been in that boat before, and I know how you know as exciting as it is, I know it's also incredibly taxing and stressful. You know what I think a lot of people fall into is like, ugh, another urgent task. 
Like I've got these other urgent tasks without taking a step back to really think, oh, well, actually this kind of makes sense now that I think about it. And I think that as human nature, of course, you know, it's fine to have a moment, like a flash of like frustration, especially when you're super busy, but somehow like (laughs) a matrix, like a box of quadrants gives you some, some pause to really like, oh, well that actually, yep. Okay. I get that. This is now on hold. And now we're working on this new urgent thing that's going to drive profit. Exactly. You have that emotional intelligence that you, you have it. You just were too busy to be using it. And using this Eisenhower matrix kind of gives you that pause in order to boot up that emotional intelligence and those office politics. The juicy office politics. We've covered a lot today. The Eisenhower method, matrix, urgent, important matrix, all of the names. <laughs> it's something that Nicole and I, we have both used day to day for the last, I don't know how many years, several years, right? Like I have my notebook in front of me. I have my sticky notes that are labeled in this exact thing that Nicole has laid out for us here today. And I can tell you it, it works. It, it really does. It helps me stay organized, helps me meet my deadlines. And Nicole is, is the queen of project management. She is always meeting her deadlines. So if she's utilizing this and she's able to get the job done, that's how you really know that this is something worth checking out. I will link a um, Eisenhower Matrix example in the show notes for you guys. Nicole, thank you so much for coming on. Can you tell us where we can learn more about you and how we can learn more about what you're doing and get some more nuggets of of your expertise and knowledge? Well, Janine, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. Um, If you are interested in reading more about this and other topics, you can visit my website at NicoleWatson.net. That's N-I-C-O-L-E-W-A-T-S-O-N.net. And I've got just a little, you know, upstart blog with some marketing tips and, you know, hand. I like to keep them quick, so it won't be a huge necessarily deep dive, but it'll be fun. I think you'll like it. Awesome. We are so glad to have you and we will have you back to, you know, find that special team. How do we put that together? That is something I am eager to get you back to talk on. But for today, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us. And thank you guys all for listening. Please make sure that you follow us on our social channels on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn. And I would venture to say Nicole's also on LinkedIn. In fact, I know she is. So follow her there (laughs) and tune in next time at Marketing Optimized. Thanks so much, Nicole. Cool.